0: Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. It is time for review of the week, which is always so exciting because when you hear your review read on the pod, it means you have won a free masterclass from me. All you have to do is send me a DM or an email. Let me know your podcast review was read on the pod and you can choose the masterclass that works best for you. So this week's winner is Susboo23 and Susboo said, Love it. I feel like I'm listening to a friend whenever I listen to this podcast. I've come to be so much more in tune with my eating habits and have learned so much from this pod. Smiley face. Thank you, Saspoo. I'm super excited to hear that you're learning to trust your eating habits a little bit more. Um, that is super, super exciting news. It's music to my ears. And if you, dear listener, would also like to win a completely free masterclass from me, all you have to do is head to Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to the bottom, leave a review, and that would mean the world to me and give you the chance to win a totally free prize. So in today's episode, I'm actually repurposing um, a podcast that I did with Brie Campos on um, a previous podcast that I was on with um, my then co-host, Susan Ports, who is an excellent anti-dietician specializing in fertility nutrition. But I had to reshare this because – Brie is one of my most favorite people on the internet. Brie um, was my teacher in body image for nearly three years. Um, and I just think that the things that she says and teaches are some of the most valuable lessons that you can learn in life. It is transformational what she, what she teaches. So I wanted to share this interview from my old podcast, and I wanted to introduce you to Brie before we jump into that interview. Brie Campos is a licensed mental health counselor based in New Jersey. As a body image educator and the founder of Body Image with Brie, she is passionate about all things body image and practices through the ha- lens of health at every size and intuitive eating. Utilizing a weight-inclusive approach, she combines her clinical skills and lived experience to teach others how to maneuver through her own unique body image journey. You can follow her on Instagram at Body Image with Brie, or you can visit her online. The link will be in the show notes. Brie is spelt B-R-I, and when I tell you, you need to follow her. You need to follow her. Don't sleep on this. Okay. And uh, like I said, this is going to be a repurposed episode of a former podcast I was on called Food Peace Please. So if you hear my co host's voice, Susan, um, just know that you are in good hands because Susan and I um, share the same mentality and share the same practices when it comes to nutrition. So super excited for you to learn from Susan. Bree and me today. Woo! We have Bree with us. I'm so excited. Hi, friends. Thank you for having me. Woo hoo! Okay, so like I was saying, Bree is my body image teacher and coach, and she is fantastic at what she does. And um, so we knew we had to get her on the show. Um, so we're just gonna dive right in, Bree. You know, everyone always thinks the experts just kind of like are born knowing what to do. And I'm kind of wondering, do you have your own body image journey? Can you tell us a little bit about your own uh, journey with your own body image?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because I, I just posted about this on, on Instagram today where I was reflecting on a time before I knew what body image was. Like, I think in, in context, we all kind of get what body image is. It's like, right? It's like how we feel about our body. But mine was always viewed through the lens of diet culture. So for me, my body image was I will be comfortable with my body when I exist in a smaller body. I believed this myth that existing in a bigger body meant something had to be wrong and that wrong needed to be righted. Like the the thing I would often describe it as is like I was wearing a fat suit and the real me was underneath that, that people couldn't really get to know the real me. The real me was on the inside waiting to live her best life. And so I body image was clearly a topic that was near and dear to my heart, existing in a larger body. And I think the think the thing that sort of like, you know, kind of dabbled in it was, was that body positivity term. What I have found since then is that a lot of that is a little bit toxic body positivity, but we'll, we'll get into that later in the episode. So, (laughs) so I thought I could be body positive and like be kind to my body and also, Continue to try to change my body. And what would happen is I'd have these waves of like, I'm, you know, feeling really good about my body and I'm feeling really good about myself. And then the diet would inevitably fail. And then those good feelings would go away. And so I was on, you know, that cyclical path as young as I can remember till um, much into my adult life. And then I, was in graduate school to become a therapist and I needed an internship. And long story short, I got an internship at an eating disorder clinic. And I was like, yes, I'm going to actually get to learn how to work with body image. And I'm so pumped and I'm ready. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like body image, how do we work with it? And nobody knew. Like it was like, well, you know, body image really is the last step of recovery. Like we really can't work on body image until, you know, our clients are weight restored and uh they're eating regularly. And so then I would be running a group and somebody would bring up something about body image and I'd be like, ooh, I remember they said that. So then I'd repeat that. And I remember one time uh this wonderful human being in my group was like, Yep, yeah, Brie, we we love you, but that's not gonna work for us. Like you have to give us something if you want us to go to lunch. And I was like, "Hmm, that's, that sucks because I don't, I don't have anything. So I turned to, you know, the internet to see if I could try and find anything on, on body image to no avail. I mean, there was a lot on positivity and body positivity. And so what I attempted to do was utilize the same skill sets that I would use with any other clinical issue, whether it be anxiety, um, depression, right? Um, What I would try to do is understand what the hurdle is and what's the motivation to change. So I usually use a lot of motivational interviewing when when I work with clients. And so I started to piece these things together. And I was like, oh, cool. Fast forward, when I learned about health at every size, I was like, oh, man, like I was close, but not close enough. Like there was still so much that I was missing uh, in my body image work. And I was following these amazing providers, providers whom I loved, providers who were doing like the scary thing. And then they would get to this body image moment and I'd be like, okay, give it to me, I'm ready. And then they'd be like, oh, that's for your therapist or that's for somebody else. And I would be like, wait, like, no, like, (laughs) I want you to do this. I want I want you to bring me there. I was you were so close. And I think at the time I probably was, you know, frustrated and disappointed because I was stuck in my own body image, you know, struggles. And so I started working with a dietitian whom I absolutely adore and love. And She was the first person who was willing to hold that space with me of like, yeah, this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to talk about the body image. And also helped me, you know, she would allow me to challenge her in the same way of like, yeah, here's why this doesn't work for me because of the experience that I've lived or because of X, Y, and Z. And so it was shortly after that, after learning about health at every size that I decided I want to talk about body image. So when people are like, well, you could go follow Brie and Brie will talk about body image. Never in my life did I imagine this is where we would be, but here we are. And you are
0: very, very, very good at it, may Thank I say. You. Because I feel like, Bree, that's so interesting because like that's why I went searching for you was because I was like having all this success with food freedom. Susan, you probably feel the same way, right? Where it's like this is the part where you get like tripped up with your clients as people don't like their bodies. And food freedom sometimes makes your body larger. And some people see that as a negative and as a bad thing.
2: Yeah. You know, and like now that I'm like working in like the fertility space, it's like so many of the things you were just saying, it's like I can just like all of this just directly translates because like a lot of times in the fertility space, like body image gets really wrapped up in like your ability to conceive and then – but then there's also this other layer of, like, women that are being told, like, well, you have to lose weight in order to, you know, pursue X, Y, and Z treatment. Or just, like, if you – they're given this very light uh, advice of, like, just lose weight and you'll get pregnant. In the name of health, right? Yeah. Right, right. Because that's our solution to everything. Right.
1: <laughs> Always. And, and so I, I think, too, like, I mean, so – I listened to Christy Harrison's podcast. That was probably one of the most, you know, instrumental things in um, my beginnings of understanding uh, intuitive eating and health at every size. And my internalized fat phobia, right? My own hatred of fat bodies and bias was so intense. I needed somebody in a smaller body who had literally nothing to gain to say to me, yeah, you don't need to lose weight to be healthy. And I and I was like, well, that's not a podcast. Like, there's no way, there's no way that she could be talking about me. <laughs> and so finding other people, other providers, other other, you know, people in life who are like, yeah, you can exist in a larger body and be healthy and get pregnant and do all of these things that you're being told right now you can't do because of the body size that you exist in. And I don't know – I don't know if – would you guys like to hear a little bit of how my intuitive eating journey sort of paired with um, my body image journey?
0: Heck, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's (laughs) do it.
1: So like, you know those moments when clients are like, yeah, I'm going to do the food freedom, but then they're like, oh my gosh, I felt so much guilt and shame after eating. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember in that moment, I had read the intuitive eating book and I was like, okay, so this is the part – where I'm supposed to be cool with the fact that I just overate on a food that was previously not allowed. And I used the same framework that I would use with a client of, okay, well, let's let's assess this, right? Is this shame narrative, like what's the narrative here? And the narrative is I felt like, you know, I was responsible for my body size because I overate in that one experience. And I said, okay, well, right. That's not real. (laughs) Right. And this is the things I would tell the, you know, the women in the eating disorder center is one meal doesn't change your body size. And so then I had to assess, okay, well, is the shame mine or is it someone else's voice? And I realized, oh, wow, this is, this is an outward voice that I've internalized. And so when I became objective of like, well, why did I overeat on this food? That's when it began to click for me of, oh, well, you know what? I didn't really eat a lot earlier in the day because I was saving up for this meal and then tried to eat, you know, in, you know, certain amounts. And my body was like, no, we're hungry. Like she's communicating to me all day long. And I had learned for so long to ignore her. So in learning to connect to my body and learning to connect to my, you know, my hunger and fullness cues, um, and connecting to when I feel discomfort and when that discomfort causes me distress, stress, all of that stuff is really good information. And can we take that information and, you know, organize it out rather than just taking it as, oh, this means I did something bad.
2: Yeah. It's like building a house, right? Like brick by brick, like every day, every experience, you're learning something new that you can then take and move forward and learn, continue to learn about your body. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that we're dying to know a little bit more about is, are you a fan of the body positivity movement? Let's talk about it.
1: Let's talk about it. So, uh, I am not a fan of body positive Instagram. (laughs) But if you were to look back at the roots or the origin of the body positive movement, it actually was a fat positive movement. And, you know, I, this is something, you know, I've taught Serena and I've taught other providers that I work with is that. That fat positivity was actually rooted in, like a, um, in an antithesis to racism, because fat oppression was occurring mostly to fat black women, right? And so, the body positivity that we see today—that's like your body can look like this, and it can also look like this—misses the mark on what the fat positivity movement was intended to be. And I think that personally, yeah, I i mean, that, that was the gateway for me, body positivity. But when you look at it at its roots, it's more than just loving what your body looks like on the outside. Body positivity is a social justice movement at its core. So that, that I'm on board with. The You know, loving the skin you're in, that is just the whitewashed version of what our culture has created around, um, you know, loving your body. Because, you know, and I talked about this with, with my community recently. I don't teach my clients to love their body. I don't believe that body love is the solution. For me, I teach my clients to love themselves. You know, and if love feels really hard, okay, well, can you at least just be kind to yourself? Can you be respectful? So again, back to that moment where I felt shame for eating a food that I'd previously binged on um, or quote unquote binged because now I'm thinking it was probably as a result of restriction. I digress. But in that moment of, okay, you know, I can do what I've always done and shame myself for overeating quote unquote, or I can respond how I would respond to someone I love. I would respond, I will choose to respond the way that I would respond to a client who reported, quote unquote, overeating. And once you're able to take the moralization out of these behaviors, out of body size, out of the expectation of society, So for instance, you know, it used to be quote unquote bad. It was, I would feel like a a bad person when I no longer fit in the size clothes that I fit the year before. And now it's neutral. Now it's like, okay, I need to get new clothing. That's still annoying. You know, it's still money I have to spend. There is sometimes still grief and loss of like, I really liked this outfit and I feel like I didn't get to wear it. And it's not internalized anymore. So if the body positive movement can support that, I'm all in.
0: I love that. I love it. And just like that distinction of how like, first of all, the social justice movement, because I think that is totally not known for a lot of people. Um, But also just this idea that it's not just about skipping to the love. It's like having that neutrality and like having that place where you can like hold space for your grief. And Brie, like you're so good at teaching professionals how to do that with their clients. Like that has just been a huge thing I have learned from you is like giving somebody the space to say, I'm upset about this. And you're upset because society taught you to be upset, but your, your feelings are still very important and very valid. Um, and yeah, Brie, you have just done such a great job coaching me as a professional and how to help my clients in that capacity.
1: Thank you. And, and I think too, I just, I want to stress to folks, it's like, it's not that um, y- you you can't teach neutrality, right? Neutrality isn't taught. Neutrality is a byproduct of assessing the narrative. And so if we can just help our clients to suss out like, hey, what's what are the thoughts that are coming up? is this aligned with the values that I want to live by? And they will do the work themselves that it is kind, it is respectful, but it's not, I'm going to teach you to be neutral towards your body. Like I I always joke, I'm like, I'm very neutral about the color blue. Like it doesn't really do much for me, but I don't have, you know, great feelings towards it. Whereas I love the color pink and I can't, I can't muster up neutrality towards colors. I have an affinity for a color or not. So, if part of the problem is our clients are having affinity towards a smaller body or a smaller body or a smaller version of themselves, it can be really hard to sort of move through that. And that's where the concept of grief comes in. Because one of the things that I had to do in my journey was realize that I was going to be saying goodbye to the dream ideal body. That I would never get. I, you know, you know, we were speaking about, you know, going to the doctors earlier and I knew that in accepting my body, not meaning that I'm like, woohoo, I love my fat body, but that like, yeah, okay, this is the body that God gave me. This is the body I exist in. And, you know, a lot of that has contributed to genetics. A lot of that's probably also contributed to weight cycling and, you know, now existing in this body and also probably some, you know, uh, other medical things that were missed because they were so focused on me losing weight. But regardless, this is the body I exist in and I might still experience fat phobia at the doctors and I might still experience fat phobia from those in my life and there isn't research that supports that I can change my body for long periods of time for long term. So the the option is either you continue doing the thing, and, and Sonia Renee Taylor talks about this in her work, um, the body is not an apology. She's like, you can keep climbing the ladder knowing it's not going to lead anywhere, or you can choose not to climb the ladder. And that's that's what body acceptance truly is is choosing not to climb the ladder.
0: Ooh, I love that. That is so powerful. So, so if a listener is struggling right now with having gained weight after finding food freedom, like what would what would you tell her, Bray?
1: I would tell her that she is certainly not alone. I would tell her that I would what I would want her to do Is I'd want her to think about how she would encourage the person she loves the most in this world. And oftentimes, and we talk a lot about this, um, Serena, in our on our supervisions, is I think we've got down pat that negative self talk. That's easy. Like if I were to ask, even all of us on this line, like, all right, what are five things that you don't like about yourself? It'd be no problem. I could come up with something. Can you come up with five things that you like about yourself? It's probably much harder. And so this is where that self-esteem work has to happen. And so um, one of the things that I teach my own clients is can we identify as an inner loving parent? And if that's too hard for you, can can you think about someone in your life who? You believe just deserves that love and kindness, regardless of what they do or don't do. So for me, that person is my goddaughter that even though sometimes she is a gremlin and she can, you know, just be a terror terror, I want nothing bad to ever happen to her, and she doesn't need to earn anything good. Like it should just come to her. so she's she's sort of my person that I think of of what would i say to her what might i say to her and if i wouldn't say it to her if i would go to jail for what i would do if somebody else said it to her then i probably shouldn't be saying it to myself and so if if you know this listener is like okay well i i've really enjoyed food freedom i've really been so happy about you know being able to find all you know like all of these things we call it a cost benefit list right yeah, what are all of the, the things that it costs you? But what are the benefits of doing this? And at the end of the day, you get to decide if you don't want to do this, right? There's no this is the difference between us and diet culture. Is like diet culture is like you have to do this, whereas like we're like we're here if you want to, but like at the end of the day, you you have autonomy. So, you're not alone what would you tell uh either the younger version of yourself or what would you tell someone that you love and then um three what are the what are the benefits of continuing to do this yes what will it what will it cost you but what are the benefits we can focus on the benefits if we can and the benefits can outweigh the the cost there will be more incentive to continue
2: you know i like, I'm just loving everything that you're saying. <laughs> but I, I I feel like one of the bigger things that, like, I just want to highlight that maybe not everyone's getting, like, is that really what we're saying here and what Brie is saying is, like, you don't have to feel one way. Like, you are allowed to feel multiple ways and that you have the ability to make any choice
1: that works best for you. Yeah. And 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 here's where uh, I'll, I'll find a now – people who are in the health at every size space and they're like, yes, loving this message. Then when they have these body image thoughts, they're like, oh no, now I'm bad at body positivity. (laughs) Yes, yes,
2: oh my gosh. It it, like creates this like
1: confusion. For sure. And so again, right, um, uh, I have a friend who always says this, this phrase, perfectionism is a tool of the patriarchy, right? Intuitive eating, you know, self-love, body kindness. It doesn't have to be perfect. There is no manual. There is no standard of like, you have to do this. That's dieting. That's diet culture. Diet culture tells you how much you have to do. For us, for this community, I encourage my clients to continue to just build awareness and actively unlearn that as we are informational gathering, what is coming up, does this align with my values? Nope. How do we get rid of it? Yeah. So,
2: okay, can you if someone is gaining weight and they tend to view it as like letting themselves go. Do you can you talk a little bit to that? Like is gaining weight really the same as letting yourself go because I know that that's something that a lot of people tend to think.
1: It's a it's a great question and I do think it is a a big hurdle for folks. So, um Susan, I wonder if you could just even answer how maybe a client might answer of what does letting yourself go mean?
2: A lot of times the answer that I get is like that you're not caring about yourself. Okay.
1: And, and I would ask, is that true? Like, is what evidence do you have to support that you're not caring about yourself? I love that. Because
2: when you when you really evaluate that, and you're like, "Am I really not caring about myself?" and you look at what you were saying before, when you're looking, doing like that cost to benefit analysis of like a food freedom approach, like yeah. it like may turn this wheel in your head where you realize that actually what you're
1: doing by pursuing food freedom
2: is caring for yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what I have found when when people look. When people have that hurdle of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm letting myself go, it's not actually their belief. They are afraid that other people are going to see that and believe that, that other people are going to look at them and be like, oh, wow, she let herself go. Or you'll go to the doctor and your doctor is going to be like, well, what happened? Like, what are we going to do about this? That is vastly different than believing yourself that you are letting yourself go. And that would be a whole, I mean, so if, if that were the case, then I would want you to unpack that of why, like, and in the most loving way, so what? So what if our doctors uh, think less of us? So what if the people in the pickup line, you know, for school think less of us? Why? Why do we care? Why does it impact us so greatly that someone thinks less of us? Now, again, I have a I had a client recently who described it this way and I thought it was so beautiful. She described thinness as currency. And we are giving up that currency by intuitively eating, by allowing our bodies to change, by not trying to control it. And again, I would argue that yes, while we will have less currency in the eyes of other folks, it it was fake money to begin with <laughs> it wasn't actual it wasn't actual money it was like monopoly money it just looked like we had more money and so if somebody is really concerned of well what are other people going to think about me i guarantee you that wound is much bigger than your body and in my own journey it went from my health to then is my Instagram platform happy? Are the people in my job happy? Oh, okay, now it's, is my business happy? Is, are the people who I'm supporting happy? Like that people-pleasing tendency doesn't just stop because you stop dieting. It just finds somewhere else to nest. So truly we have to get to the roots of why is this the motivating factor? Where is this coming from? And how do we grow or detach from that?
0: That is so powerful. Everything's – I'm like shaking my head so hard over here. I need like a neck brace. Like I'm like breaking my neck. I'm like about to cry as I'm listening to Brie. I mean, she always does this to me. But every, every word you're saying, it's like, yeah, these wounds, they're, they're bigger than just what your body size is. And, you know, why can't we find some, you know, pleasantries in life like enjoying food and, you know, enjoying our body or at least finding a place where we can be kind to our body. Because these insecurities, they manifest in different ways, even, you know, no matter what your body size looks like. So, Bree, clearly, as we're all discussing this right now, we're like, okay, so this is a, this is like a hot potato. Like, you know, Bree is here to take that potato and help you make, you know, ends meet of it. So, Bree, I would love for you to share some of the resources you have with our listeners and how they can help themselves on their own journey to making peace with their body
1: absolutely and and yes it is the potato and it's hot and we might toss it back and forth a little bit but i got mitts on ready to hold it serena i know i've trained you i know you're ready to hold it and one of the things i i also encourage clients to is i i like to think of body image as an archaeological dig um because i think oftentimes it's like okay well when are we going to arrive like when do we get there <laughs> and the truth is is it's not a journey it's not a destination it is it's like a dig you're gonna pull stuff up and you're gonna be like oh wow this is a lot I don't have the capacity to unpack this so we're gonna lay a tarp down and we're gonna leave it there or we're gonna be like all right this keeps coming up let me just explore it see what's happening and move through it and so if it feels like we have unearthed something huge for you uh, I just give you encourage to ask yourself connect to yourself do I have the capacity to explore this um, if you are looking for um, just ways to hear more about, you know, body image or this concept of body grief that I talk about, I have a free body grief guide on my website that you can grab. I have a podcast that is currently on a little break, but it's going to come back. It's going to come back strong um, with a rename. And so my podcast is currently A Body Image with Brie, and it's going to come back as, oh, I think this is the first time I'm revealing it. It's going to come back as the Body Grievers Club because I often describe grief as a, a club that nobody wanted to be a part of, yet we're all in it anyway. So the Body Grievers Club. And then I also have other ways that you can work with me All of that info is on my website. Um, So whether you're a professional or you're a body griever, um, we have different courses and programs for you. So hope that you check that out.
0: And Brie is just the best, I can say, as one of her her professionals who has been working with her for over a year she's a long is, time you know, yeah yeah you're the, you're the best there's a lot to learn there's a lot to learn um well brie thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our listeners i feel so fortunate we feel so fortunate to have had you here today thank you so much
1: thank yes, you for having you. me i appreciate it so much thank you bye
0: thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bod. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to Serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.